What's going on everybody? I wanted to get on here and talk about the NRA convention I went to a couple weeks ago. Um, you may be thinking pew pew, but it is not that. It is actual National Restaurant Association. Um, it's a major convention in Chicago. Wall-to-wall -wall restaurant equipment, software, hardware, uh, food distributors, equipment manufacturers, equipment distributors. If it's in a restaurant, it's there. Um, this thing was absolutely huge, blown away. I have never really gone to many conventions. Um, this year I, was, I went to uh, AHR in Vegas and was blown away. And the same happened here at the NRA convention. Um, it, it, it's all inspiring, just the amount of people there, the equipment, the new innovations that are displayed. So if you get a chance to ever go, check it out. So uh, what I do, I'm an equipment repair guy. Um, I fix anything in the kitchen. Some things not even in the kitchen. Uh, it just depends on the customer. So uh, I started a podcast, I started some other things, trying to promote the trade, um, food service repair industry. And they thought it was a good idea to send me up there, check it out, maybe network meets people. So that's what I did. So I got up Friday morning, bright and early, headed up from Chicago. I live northeast of Indianapolis, so it's been on traffic three and a half, four and a half hour drive, just depends on the traffic. Um, so I headed up there. Um, I met my branch manager up there. We started the day off on Friday by going to Partstown. Um, Partstown is our parent company for who I work for. So I got to meet some staff there, some marketing people. Um, talk about some goals, some things for me to work on. Um, and I also got to tour the facility. If you ever get a chance to check out their facility, please do. Uh, it is huge and it is amazing how things work there. Um, I'm not just saying it because I'm an employee, but uh, I've seen the videos of some of the stuff and it really doesn't do it justice between the incoming and outgoing sides of everything they have there, the conveyor systems, um, not to mention the robots, <laughs> the robots are pretty cool. Uh, hundred of these little robots and there's bins stacked. I forget how high, how deep it's a maze. These robots just go around and they just move bins all the time. They're moving bins they're picking parts. They take them over to the end. They drop them down. A person then has a pick. And they picked a part that you know is required for that order. And then that bin is picked up by a robot and stored somewhere else. And they're everywhere. I'll have a video I'll put at the end of this podcast on the video side. If you guys want to watch it, you check it out. But I could watch these things for hours. When we first got there, one was broke down, so a guy had to go out there. He tried fixing it, couldn't fix it. So he brought it out and turned everything back on. But uh I got some I forget how many cycle counts this these things can do, but they pump out some kind of crazy numbers. The problem is they can go faster than the people that can pick the orders, so they, they're they kind of limited. But I think they said there was 100. I think they're getting ready to add another 60. So it's growing. Um, it's pretty cool. We'll see. So if you ever get a chance, go to Parstown, check it out. A lot of the other things there I liked, um, I think, to be honest, Parstown kind of gets a bad name because they're so big and everyone thinks they're a monopoly and they're taking over the world in our industry. But... It, they're really doing good things. Um, Parstown has a pretty cool culture. Um, they're really focused on their employees. So, it, like walking the floor, there's actually coolers out there with beverages. There's snacks for their employees to take care of them. They have a cafeteria. They have a full gym for their employees so they can work out on site. They have a game room, ping pong tables, and all kinds of stuff in there. Um, it's just, it's an amazing facility. Uh, they take care of their employees. Employees come first. And then I don't know what more to say. So in a couple of different places throughout Partstown, they have their core values up on the wall on posters. 
Um, and they are safety, integrity, community, passion, courage, and innovation. Uh, I've seen all these displayed in my time there. Um, they also um, have thank you note stations, I guess. Um, there's a couple of them. And people taking your orders can handwrite a thank you note. So if you ever get a handwritten note from somebody, if you order parts, uh, they really take time to ride themselves. So that's pretty cool. Um, they have a timeline wall. And that's in my video where you can see where they started, how they've grown, uh, when they've acquired other companies, service companies, parts suppliers, that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, they got some pretty neat things coming up in the future, so stay tuned as far as that goes. Um, what else? I was able to see how they do the part spin thing. That was pretty cool. They have a, a little section out in the warehouse, um, and they put the parts in this little um, it's in a machine, I guess. Um, and the cameras just spin and take tons of pictures and then the computer just pieces it all together. And then you have part spin. So they were actually working on it was there. Um, it's a pretty slow process. So I didn't hang around watch it too long, but I got a little bit of it. Um, like I said, a lot of this stuff's gonna be in the end. I had all kinds of footage from the show, from Parstown, um, from being out in the city and a bunch of it got corrupted. So I tried taking everything from my phone and putting it on a solid state drive and apparently I lost a lot of stuff. So I gotta get that figured out moving forward, but you know, it is what it is when you deal with electronics. So once I was done at Partstown tour and check out the facilities, we having meetings and stuff. Um, we went and ate lunch Portillo's in Chicago. We gotta eat Portillo's, I guess. <laughs> went downtown to the hotel, checked in, got parked, got settled in. Uh, relaxed for a little bit, had a couple of mixers to attend. So the first off was the Fessa mix, mixer. Um, as you know, I'm a Cefesa certified technician, master certified technician. I also train uh, entry level or basic refrigeration for Cefesa as well. And we are Cefesa certified company. Um, so we got ready, we all loaded up and headed over there. Uh, I got to talk to all the people from Cefesa, discuss upcoming training classes. And just catch up with everybody. They're a pretty good crew. Uh, they're all pretty good friends of mine. Um, then I started meeting people uh, from the industry I've never met. Uh, a lot of them I know from online, a lot of them I didn't know at all. And it was pretty cool. We got to meet Rich Malicky, um, a couple other people. Uh, it was it was a blast. Um, just had a couple drinks, just walking around talking, networking, mingling. Um, I was blown away. It's a pure amount of people that knew my name, knew who I was, and I had no idea who they were. Um, my theme for the weekend, anytime I talk to somebody, um, I just say, I don't know how I ended up here. Uh, and it, it was the truth. Uh, I had no idea how I got there. I mean, just a series of events that kind of led to me being there. We went to the Partstown event. Uh, it was a party slash retirement party. Um, it was pretty cool. Huge event, tons of people. Uh, just walking around, networking, discussing things with people. It was uh, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, I was out pretty late, <laughs> considering I got up at like three in the morning, drive to Chicago, it'd be traffic. So uh, I had a good time. See a lot of good people. Caught a lot of people I used to work with. Uh, people I've never met before. Um, industry people from other companies, uh, manufacturers. It was just an absolute blast. Um, I was taken back at the pure amount of people that knew me. <laughs> like like I said earlier, it, it's a uh, it was crazy. So that wraps up my Friday night. Took an Uber back to the hotel. Uh, got up Saturday morning and it was time to go to the event. Met some of the, uh, the group down at the breakfast. 
and we loaded up on the trolleys and headed over to the event center. Um, got the show, printed our badges, and away we went. Uh, this place was huge and it was absolutely packed full of anything for restaurants. We had some obligations with some of the guys that we were with to meet some of the third party vendors and stuff like that. So we went over and did some of that. Um, and then it's pretty much just tour whatever you want to see. There were certain manufacturers that some of the guys have talked to, that kind of stuff, but um, we didn't, I didn't really have a plan. I was kind of blown away. I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, so many pieces of new equipment uh, I've never seen before or have worked on or people were launching new equipment. Uh, got some pretty cool videos. Like I went by, I believe it was a champion booth and they had a cutaway for this machine. Uh, had plexiglass on the doors and it had some lights inside and they had a, uh, the pumps running. You can see it washing. Uh, they also had one of their uh, units that has the heat pump that actually heats the uh, uh, the water for the, for the hot water side and also uses it for steam extraction. Uh, I've worked on a couple of those. They're pretty cool to work on, pretty different. Um, that was it as far as the dish machine and champion booth. Uh, went to a lot of different booths as far as uh, ice machines. Um, I do a little bit of ice machine work, not a whole lot, uh, but check out some of the newer ice machines. I'm fascinated with the, the, like the round ball ice or the square ice. Not the drinking, but the solid squares. Um, I prefer, I like to dabble in whiskey or old fashioned. So that kind of ice is just kind of intrigues me. So I checked out a lot of that. Um, of course, we went to the big ones uh, that I deal with a lot. Uh, we checked out Rationale. They had a pretty good booth. A lot of people in there uh, for the manufacturer side and from just people want to check it out. Uh, I went to out the same side, uh, checked out their stuff. I uh, got a few little videos. Um, Pretty cool, some of the things they have going on. Uh, the Vector Oven, they've introduced steam into it now, so we'll see how that goes. So after a couple of combi oven or combi manufacturer booths, I went over to uh, the Wellbuilt booth, check out their stuff. Um, do a lot of Wellbuilt work, so it's always good to check it out, see what they got coming out with or what they got on display. That's uh, pretty cool. I mean, we pretty much just made our way around, checking out all kinds, small manufacturers, big manufacturers. Uh, some juicers went and talked to some guys from juicers got some pretty good feedback from them um, as far as my market my area um, so we'll see what that leads to um, checked out AccuTemp AccuTemp is a pretty local company to me they make griddles and steamers and they're pretty cool um, I actually had a conversation with one of the guys this week they followed up with uh, me talking to him at the booth and um, look forward to maybe having one of the technical guys on and discuss some things you know some tips and tricks when working on their piece of equipment. So that was my main goal was to network with some people. Unfortunately, the show was mainly a sales show. So there's all not a whole lot of technical guys on site. But you have this badge, it's got a QR code on it, and you can scan it and they'll get your information, they'll pass along to where it needs to go. So the biggest and busiest booth happened to be the Middleby booth. Um, it was jumping. It encompasses all Middleby companies. Um, it was always four to six rows deep of people. Um, they were cooking, they were doing all kinds of stuff. They had a robot. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get any footage because I couldn't get close enough to see it all. Like I said, this is my first year there. Didn't know what to expect or what to do. Um, next year, I'll have a better game plan. Uh, if I a manufacturer I want to interview or see, I will make sure I am there first. I will make sure I beat everybody else there or I will stay in there and bump my way in. I'll figure it out one way or another. But. Uh, a lot of cool stuff in the Billy Booth. 
Um, so pretty much just walked around checking out all kinds of stuff. Small manufacturers, large manufacturers, people everywhere just cooking food, which is kind of weird. They were cooking, just handing out steak, handing out pizza, handing out everything. I mean, if you go there and you leave hungry, that's your own fault. <laughs> uh, but the people were so nice, so polite. It was it was weird. Um, uh, I didn't know what to do. So you could easily spend two or three days there just walking around and not see everything. Um, I was kind of blown away by the sheer size. And I'll say that over and over again. I mean, I'm not, I've never been to really conventions like this. This is the only second time I went to AHR back in January, February and this. So this stuff's all new to me. Um, there's everything there though, from equipment manufacturers to dealer rep groups to uh, service providers, third party vendors that set up service. Uh, food distributors, food manufacturers. So there's no shortage of things to see. If you get a chance, go check it out, but make sure you have a couple days. Um, I kind of messed myself up because I didn't take my sleep machine. So by the time Sunday rolled around, I couldn't do it. I didn't have a voice. I was beat up, tired. Um, so I chose to pack up and go home early on Sunday. It really sucked. It kind of sucked some of the fun out of my uh, trip, but I made a mistake and it happens so I live and learn I guess with all that being said if you can get to the show go uh, it's a yearly show I believe it's in Chicago every year if you're gonna go make sure you're wearing comfortable shoes make sure you go for game plan if you just want to see the whole entire show you better give yourself three days if you're going just to meet with a couple of people a couple of groups or whatever you can probably do it in a day uh, I was supposed to go two days but unfortunately I got sick and had to come home so I missed out on a Sunday, but it's a blast. So today we'll do a little tech tip. Uh, I'm gonna try to incorporate these into the episodes from now on. So today let's talk about calibrating a convection oven. Um, had a customer this week. I don't do it very often, but uh, I changed the door switches on his oven and he said it was 50 degrees out. He said he'd set it for 350, it was 300. Set it at 400, it's 350, so went ahead and checked it out. So convection ovens are pretty easy because they're a lot faster than a standard oven. Um, this one had a digital control. So it had a board and it had a, a temp probe. It didn't have a mechanical thermostat. So it's pretty easy, pretty fast to calibrate. So I like to take my temp probe and I'll hang it in the very center of the cavity or as close to the center as I can get. I will turn the oven on and I will let it cycle three times. Do um, you want to let it cycle three times so it becomes even, the heat becomes evenly distributed and that way you get a good idea of what's going on inside the oven. Once the oven has cycled three times, you know it's heated up and saturated well and heated evenly. Then I like to compare the readout of my digital temperature probe to the set point of the oven. In this case, I had my oven set at 350 and I was reading about 325, 327. So I dropped down the front control board on this oven and there's a board of a potentiometer. Now remember, I have a digital temp control on this unit and I can go over mechanical controls if you'd like later on. But on this digital temp controller, there's a board of a potentiometer. I adjust the potentiometer until the oven kicks on and I stop. And I let the oven cycle and see where it gets to. And I do that multiple times until I get the temperature of the oven uh, set point to match my temperature on my display on my uh, thermometer. And it may take a few times, but it's pretty easy. Um, I cycle pretty fast being a convection oven. And once I'm pretty uh, satisfied where it's kicking on and off at, I'm good to go. So in this case, I got it to where it would cycle off at 
354 and back on at 347. So that's close enough for 350 for me. Uh, you're not gonna get much closer than that on any manufacturer. So uh, once that was done, I buttoned the unit up, put everything back together and restored it back to operation for the customer. Now on non-digital uh, displays like mechanical controls, uh, they're a little different. So on a mechanical control, it's a little different. Same process, uh, probe still goes in the middle of the oven, still let it cycle three times. Once it's uh, cycled three times, you compare your readout to what the knob is. So let's say I set 350, my readout's 300 degrees. I'll pull that knob off. You want to leave it set at 350. Inside the center of that knob, there's a little bitty set screw. Um, it's probably covered up by some nail polish or something else. Let's take your little precision screwdriver, dig that nail polish out of there so you can turn that screw. That screw just puts pressure or release pressure on a diaphragm. That's how it adjusts it. So adjust it to where it kicks on let it cycle off and keep doing the process again. Now, the only thing I will warn you is you wanna make sure you keep that stem of that knob right where it's at. Because if it moves, it's changing your set point. So a lot of times I will turn my screw, put my knob back on there and see where it's, make sure it's you know set to 350, you want to stay at 350. And you just wanna adjust that, uh, that center little set screw in there. When I'm calibrating a thermostat, I try to ask the customer what they cook at so that way it's calibrated to say if they cook it, always cook at 350. I'll set to 350, that way that's their optimum cooking temperature and we're always dealing with that. So it's not a hard process, it can be tedious, but it's it's not hard at all. So on your non-convection ovens, it's the same process. It's just, it's gonna take a lot longer because you're not, you don't have that fan in there to move that heat around. So it takes a lot longer for that, uh, that oven to heat up, but it's still the same process. You're just gonna be there a lot longer. So make sure your customer's aware that, hey, I can calibrate this, but it's gonna take X amount of time um, and go from there. Now I will tell you, if it's more than 50 degrees, I'm not gonna calibrate it because it's way too far out of adjustment. Um, some guys go up to 100. Uh, I just, in my past, I've 50 is about the max I feel comfortable with because after that, it, there's some uh, other underlying conditions that may be causing issues um, on mechanical ones, which is maybe time to change it. On the digital ones, it could be just a, a bad probe. Uh, it just depends on the unit. So 50 degrees is about as most I would calibrate anything oven a fryer. Uh, I don't like to go higher than that just because it, it, I mean, it's lost its efficiency at that point.